Welcome back to another episode of Hopped On Sports. Today we've got a special episode for you. We are coming from Dead Armadillo Brewing Company, and we've got a couple guests here. I'm also joined by my co-host, Preston Gorell. Um, today we have Jim from the Tulsa Gaelic Athletic Club, and we have Jake from the Tulsa Rumblers. This is going to be a fun episode. We hope you guys stick around to listen to it. Preston, what do you have to say before we jump into this? <clears throat> well, uh, first I want to just say thank you guys for joining us here tonight. Uh, we're super excited. Uh, I'm excited to talk about what you guys are doing because I think it's really cool. I didn't know much about all this, but uh, now uh, I feel like we're going to get educated here tonight, so I'm pretty excited. And we got beer. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, I think that's a pretty good combination. So, Yeah, we do have beer in that. In fact, what we normally do at the beginning of the episode is we go around and we say what we're drinking. So, Jim, if you don't mind, before we get into it, what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm having the Breakaway APA from Dead Armadillo. Okay, I'm actually having the same, and <laughs> nice. so so is Preston. So that's great. Uh, Jake, it's up to you if you want to make it. <laughs> I, I like to go against the grain. Uh, in true baseball fashion, I decided to try the Sultana of Swing, in uh, homage of Babe Ruth. So it's actually a really great beer. I've never had it before. Wow, that's cool, man. Um, so thanks again to Dead Armadillo for hosting us here today. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one and. Um, Jim has a special event planned this Sunday, February 23rd, and I'm going to turn it over to him to tell us a little bit about his organization and what all they have planned this weekend. Sure. So I'm uh, the president and chairman of the Tulsa Gaelic Athletic Club, and we are working alongside the Tulsa Rumblers as well as also having participants from FC Tulsa to put on some level of a home run derby. Um, this Sunday, we're going to be out at Lacey Park, uh, weather permitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're going to try and showcase the sport of hurling, which many people, and especially in Tulsa, aren't yet familiar with. And we're going to try and showcase it in a way that people are a little bit more familiar with, with America's pastime of baseball. And that's where, you know, Jake and the Tulsa Rumblers have been so great about opening their doors and, you know, trying to help us showcase our sport while also having a fun event for the Tulsa community to come out to. Awesome, man. Yeah, I know. When I first uh, saw your page and everything, I just thought it was so cool and unique. And it kind of made me wonder, like, where where does, uh, I don't know, maybe your connection with uh, hurling come from? So uh, my mom's from County Wexford in Ireland. So, and Jake knows this. I can put on an Irish accent at any oh. point if I need to. I'm sure, it just takes a wee bit of the beer and I'm really, really, really ready to go. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, so from there... Um, that's obviously been a large part of my family upbringing, not necessarily, you know, the true Irish heritage, but just understanding that that's a thing. And um, I, after I graduated college, I lived out in Hoboken, New Jersey, and there was a team that was playing two blocks away from my apartment. So I had no excuse not to at least give it a try. And so I had played for three years, and now I'm almost on four years of living out in Tulsa. And so we're, you know, after three years, my wife kind of said, listen, that Hurley, that Slitter, that helmet, that's all collecting dust in the garage. Let's see if we can get this started in Tulsa. And so I've been very fortunate, the fact that we've had, you know, sponsors like Dead Armadillo, as well as Hunt Club and some of the other ones that we've been involved with to really say, I understand what you're going through. I appreciate the f what you're trying to bring to Tulsa. Let's see how we can help, whether it's sharing a Facebook event or whether it's reaching out to a friend, something like that. So we've been very fortunate that we've been able to grow as much as we've had and reach out and have as much awareness as we've had. Oh, that's awesome. No, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I was curious about was like, 
was it tough finding uh, players at first? Because I, I just don't know many people around here, especially that you know, or uh, that's something they're like, hey, I'm this weekend. I'm going out and hurt, you know, you know playing some, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, participating going in hurling. To a hurling yeah. Match, yeah. Uh, hur- yeah. Well, exactly, no, I so. mean, there's obviously the uh, the inevitable hurdle that you have to uh, go over when you say hurling. Everyone thinks that you're talking about the sport, the Winter Olympic sport of curling. Yep. And then when you say, no, it's something different, it's an Irish sport, they say, oh, that makes sense because the Irish drink a ton, so of course they're gonna hurl after that. <laughs> um, but I've been very lucky to have been supported by, again, you know, the athletic clubs within Tulsa. Um, I've, I said earlier to Stephen, unadmittedly, I reached out to the guys that are already playing the obscure sports. So I poached guys from the Tulsa Buffaloes, the mm. Australian rules football team. There are a couple of guys that also play Tulsa, that are also members of the Tulsa Rugby Club. So you try and find the different people that are playing the different sports and say, you already play a weird sport. You may as well try this weird sport too. (laughs) That's great. And, you know, I've actually got Irish blood. I I figure with the red hair. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So I had never heard of hurling until you and I started talking about it and it sparked an interest. Um, So that's great. We'll get more into into details about that here in a little bit. But, Jake, why don't you take a moment and tell us a little bit about your history and what it is that brought you to the game of baseball and how you got where you are today. And tell us a little bit about the Tulsa Rumblers. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I won't bore you with a lot of uh, trivial details, but – uh, baseball's been in my family for a long time. My father was uh, a gifted baseball player as a youth. He had an aneurysm whenever he was 16 years old. He survived that, but it was a it was a very catastrophic event in his life. So he had to learn how to read, write, walk, talk, all that stuff all over again. Uh, fortunately, he was able to bounce back somewhat from that uh, from that tragedy, and. Uh, was able to uh, have a family and, and, and raise uh, two children and, and those kind of things. But within that, I would come to visit my father in the summer times, and uh, he and uh, my grandparents and his brother would often talk about baseball and the importance of this, this, this true golden era uh, whenever I was coming up in the 1980s and early 1990s. And that was a hotbed for uh, for sports uh, being disseminated in a large volume with cable television and that kind of thing, but especially with baseball because a lot of the networks would cover things like uh, the home run derbies of the old 1950s and 1960s. So I, would able, I was able to see Mickey Mantle and uh, Willie Mays just hack it out on, on TBS. You know, Ted Turner owned the Braves at the time, and he had TBS, and so they would air that almost uh, uh, by requisite. And then additionally, uh, I would watch Braves games, I would watch Cubs games and those kind of things. But, um, you know, other WGN and TBS were really influential in my youth because they would air these old games. So whether it was uh, old World Series games or that home run derby that I mentioned, uh, they made this indelible mark. So I was able to see people like, again, Mickey Mantle and uh, Willie Mays, but also like Hank Aaron when he's coming up, Harmon Killebrew, and other men like uh, Jackie Robinson. Hmm. So I was able to see these, these, uh, uh, these fruits of, a, of an era before me and my grandparents would talk uh, glowingly about that. And then, so they would also talk about my father and how gifted he was. This could have been that never was. So uh, they said, you know, they were looking at him to play for the Tulsa Oilers. Tulsa Oilers were the baseball team before the Tulsa yep. Drillers, of course. Yep. And 
to me, when I heard about the Tulsa Oilers, I, I thought of them as like another major league team. And uh, to hear that, you know, my father was, was talented enough to play for a team like the Tulsa Oilers, who had this long heritage of having old timers like Pepper Martin uh, as an ambassador and a hitting coach for them, or Satchel Paige came in his, his, uh, his autumn years to be a pitching coach and a baseball ambassador. They played here in our town, you know, they, they shared their knowledge of the game. And I mean, I can go on and on and on about, you know, Cardinals royalty who served as as uh, ambassadors and coaches and just um, uh, just diplomats of the game. So all of those kind of things were the perfect storm for me. My first trade was actually building custom hot rods and low riders. Oh, wow. And uh, I became ill in the mid 2000s and I had to to develop another career choice. And I'd always been a history advocate and enjoyed you know, uh, building cars in a way was actually being a historian, right? You're telling that story of that car over, building, uh, yeah, over absolutely. and over again. Uh, but additionally, I'd always loved history, so war history and certainly baseball history. And I found myself whenever I went back to college to pursue my, uh, my undergraduate degree in American studies, that these assignments, I could find a way to write about baseball. And so I would write about Jackie Robinson. Was Jackie Robinson the only patron saint of baseball? Perhaps not. Maybe about Larry Doby or Monty Irvin or Hank Thompson, who's an Oklahoman. So I start finding all of these different uh, threads that come back to Oklahoma. And uh, it, it, it encouraged me to pursue that further. I wrote my undergraduate thesis on the Dominican American dream where I stayed in a baseball camp for a week under the tutelage of Epi Guerrero, who actually spearheaded the Dominican movement. So because of that, I, I learned all of that. And so baseball is this, this, is this great catalyst for me to, to, to have uh, pushed me to where I am now. So I'm actually a practicing historian that covers uh, the nuances of baseball in and out of Oklahoma. And it's a, it's a passion that's been rewarding for me. So, and through that, I've always had this love of baseball, of course. <laughs> and uh, I've, I discovered Sandlot Baseball, and because of that, I still wanted to be able to play the game because I feel like I'm young enough. And uh, talent is not a prerequisite for <laughs> Sandlot Baseball, by the way. Right. So, uh, with that, I discovered Sandlot Baseball and found that it was kind of this, this answer to a question or a prayer that I had actually not consciously thought about. And through that, I've been playing Sandlot Baseball for four years. We, the, uh, the Rumblers became an inaugural team last year. We're in our second season now. And 2020 is looking to be a banner year for Sandlot Baseball, but especially for the Tulsa Rumblers. Where do you guys play at and what, and what days typically? We play at Lacey Park, which is uh, north of downtown. It actually has some history to it as well. Lacey Park is actually the last ballpark where the Tulsa T-Town Clowns played after they lost uh, accessibility to their original ballpark, Virgin Street Park, which was a mile away, just east of where Booker T. Washington High School is today. For Tulsans who are familiar with the, that area and the cul-de-sac, at the end of that cul-de-sac on the south side of the road is where this complex was where these, these semi-professional Negro Leaguers played during the segregated era. and. Um, Whenever they couldn't play there anymore, they found this old this old park. It's a city park. It's a city baseball park, and uh, many of them had grown up uh, cutting their teeth there. It had been once known as Berry Park, and then it was known as Lincoln Park. So I am familiar as it being called Lincoln yeah, Park. Yeah, me as well. And um, then it became Lacey Park, named after uh, civil rights uh, uh, Tulsa 
in the 1960s, I believe, if not the early 70s. But so we play there. We primarily play on Sundays. Uh, we occasionally schedule games on Saturdays for, uh, you know, gains are, are, are much higher in um, exerting physical uh, agility and all of that. Or <laughs> you if you want to call it. recover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, thanks, James, for, uh, yeah, for, that for pointing there. that out. Us old timers, we have need that extra day. <laughs> That's so awesome. uh, we do play at Lacey, uh, and usually it's in the midday, depending on what type of season it is. We play year round, y'all. Uh, people don't realize that. So we play Sandlot baseball year round because Oklahoma has a has, has a uh, a mild enough climate for us to be able to do that. So we play there on Sundays. Usually in the winter times, it's one or two o'clock, and in the in the summer times, we start about four or five o'clock. And we do that every Sunday to facilitate free baseball for anyone who wants to play it of any talent level. It's wood bats, it's real baseballs. So you hear that old time sound whenever you hear somebody connect really well with a baseball. Hmm. That's that's awesome, man. So I, I'm the big baseball fan of the podcast. And uh, Steve and I, we actually met through baseball. We uh, we actually both went to Booker T. So it's funny you say that because I, I had no idea about the the park right there. Um, but yeah, that, that's how we met was through baseball. We both played baseball through, uh, book at Booker T and, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I really like what you guys are doing because that, that just sounds like a, a great thing. It, it's a, it's a beautiful game and, you know, to share it with people is, I think is extremely important, especially nowadays with, it seems like, uh, you know, basketball is becoming so much more popular football, of course, is the king, uh, you know, everyone's kind of forgetting about baseball and, you know, what, it, what it's meant to not just, uh, you know, people who love it, but the history of, you know, this country, uh, you know, and all this. And um, I, it's just awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in support of it. So thank you. Yeah, uh, Jim, I've got a question for you in, here in just a sec. But before I do that, I want to ask Jake, what, what were your thoughts on the move that the MLB did a couple years ago whenever they demonetized everything? And are you familiar with how that all went down? And uh, I'm not familiar with the demonetization. So basically they... I don't know how to simplify it exactly, but they pretty much disallowed anybody to own the rights or to share the rights of their videos. And I mean, you see videos all the time shared on different um, broadcast channels of the NBA and NFL and the MLB kind of put the kibosh on that. And it, it, you know, viewership and everything just plummeted with that move. And I hate it for baseball. I hate it that it happened. And, um, I could be wrong on some of the things I just said, but uh, Preston, I think, would definitely concur with that. I do have an opinion on that kind of, of uh, development within uh, modern capitalism. Is uh, and this isn't this isn't a rant or a jaunt on capitalism <laughs> because uh, I think capitalism is a is a fine system. Uh, but uh, what you see is like if you go back and you look at the the um, the time limits on copyright. I think that this is another way that people are, are pushing the longevity of their copyrights. So what used to be like 70 or 75 years and you would have public access to a particular um, video or imagery or something like that, it got pushed to 90 years, I believe. And I think that this is just another incarnation of uh, a particular entity that has this product that can be mass marketed. So in order to gain access to that, you have to pay a fee. Uh, or uh, you have to be in that certain club in order to do that. And uh, you also see that with like Getty Images. Getty Images are scooping up all kinds of online images and I have a friend who's actually been in 
a lawsuit with them because they captured one of his images and now he's like, this is my image, you cannot have it. And so uh, I think what you're seeing is it's just another way for people to monetize a product that's, that's uh, uh, a product that could be mass marketed. So within that, I'm, I'm not surprised at that. Uh, I think that people should have larger access to those kind of things as, to, uh, as well, because it's not really about, in my eyes, I don't think it's about the money uh, for the, why they share that or why they want to have control of that, but uh, from the people who are the, um, uh, the, the shepherds of that content, they're seeing another way to be able to use it. Yeah. And I, I kind of what he was like hinting at here is just like you see NBA, if there's a big, uh, big dunk or a great finish to a basketball game or a great uh, touchdown, um, you can instantly hop on Twitter. You can find it, you know, within seconds. Um, or, you know, or if you had too many beers and you had to get up and run to the bathroom and you come back and everyone's celebrating and you missed it, you know, it's pretty quick. You can find it. Well, baseball basically said uh, they were kicking people off Twitter and things like that for retweeting home runs and great plays and stuff like that. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is – you're trying to get the game, uh, you know, uh, continue to move forward, and here you are kind of putting a limit on things and limit, limiting the access to these great talent, you know. I thought it was the craziest thing when they took a shot at Mike Trout and was like, this guy is not helping the game out. You know, he's the best player in the game, and he's not, he's not a, uh, you know, uh, what is, what's the word? Uh, like a, fr yeah, he's not really helping get the game going. And it's like, why would you take a shot at the best player? You know, he is who he is. It, you know, you got to find a way to market him by the way he is. But uh, I didn't want to get too much off topic with that, but that, that was very interesting because I, I, I like the idea of what baseball can do, it's just whether they're going to take the steps to do it or not. So, um, but I, I'm definitely, like I said, fully in support of what you're doing. Uh, I guess my big question is how were you just looking at different clubs uh, to kind of like team up with, and that's how you guys came together? Because I'm trying to figure out the whole connection here, how this all took place. Yeah, so to a certain degree, I'll say yes, but I'll also say that there was. Um, a video that I had found online of some level of a home run derby that already existed. Two guy, two teams out in Ireland that had, you know, one half of them had been playing baseball, the other half had been playing hurling, and the the distances were somewhat comparable. So, having reached out to these guys, actually probably a couple weeks prior, because I was hunting down a, a radar gun. <laughs> we have one now, by the way. Oh, nice! I have one too. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, after having seen that video, I, you know, and I already having started some level of a conversation, and so they were somewhat familiar with us, uh, I just kind of used it to pivot, and I said, I think this is a great opportunity for both of us to be able to embrace our two unique sports, but more than anything, just provide this opportunity to have a fun event in the Tulsa community, because for me, having, you know, prior lived in New York City or Hoboken, New Jersey, um, when you're in New York, you go 10 blocks north, 10 blocks south, 10 blocks east, 10 blocks west, and you'll find someone that shares your exact same interest. And from you know what I'm looking to help, and Jake, I you know we've already spoken about this, and I believe he agrees, is we're trying to continue to showcase if you have a passion in Tulsa, there are people that have that same passion, and there are people that you can work alongside and try and help continue to grow and do whatever you want to do so that's kind of where you know we reached out to the rumblers and i mean jake and josh were from the second you know there wasn't a wait what about 
it was, yes, now what? How do we kind of put these things into action? I think they were throwing out dates before I'd even gotten really an approval yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I mean, you say what you said about New York, and I've been spending some time lately in Los Angeles, and that's one of the things that has stuck out to me so much about traveling there is no matter what you're into, there's people there that are into the same thing, and they make it clear, too, whereas in Tulsa, you may never know that somebody else here even knows what hurling is. Right. And so that's cool that you're doing that. And I think the greatest thing about this podcast today is that all four of us, you know, we've got three organizations and the commonality of it is beer and sports. Absolutely. You guys are both sponsored by breweries and you're into sports and we drink a lot of beer (laughs) and we we talk a lot of sports. Hopefully this is still coherent. Yeah. 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 By the time we get to end of that, we may be a little snuckered. Right. So Uh, I I will say in agreeance uh, with what James just said or, or Jim, but the great thing about this is, uh, when you're in larger communities like the, uh, the metro, metropolitan areas like New York or Chicago or L.A., definitely there are these pockets of, of culture uh, that are, some of them are quite obscure. Uh, you can talk about that with music. You can talk about that within sports. You can talk about it in multiple areas. Uh, car culture I know about as well, of course. But the great thing that uh, we're trying to uh, spearhead here we've mentioned this before, is that this is like a Tulsa Athletic Alliance. You don't have to pick an allegiance to a particular sport. You can love whatever sport you like, and if that's available within our community, right. we are going to support you regardless of what your your uh, preference is. Right. We hope you would support us as well. What we're trying to do is make uh, recreational baseball something's fun for the whole city. Right, sure. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Well, not for nothing, we've also structured it to – have a collaboration so that way we do have rumblers cheering for hurlers and hurlers cheering for rumblers as well so that way again it's not it's not necessarily as confrontational i mean we we play around and we have the playful banter of it but truthfully we're just both trying to promote each other and just have something for tulsa to be able to have fun at community is so important you know i mean having your fellow you know uh, other organizations that are local or um in this case, local beer and things like that to all come together and bring people together. That, that's where it's at. That's, that's what's so cool to me. And um, I'm kind of curious, like, how did the breweries thing come about? Like, did you guys just like, hey, we probably need a sponsor and, uh, you know, might have a beer or two. So might as well reach out to a brewery or how, how'd that come about? For us, it's, it's interesting. I, I will say this. So James is a wizard at, at networking and, and to reaching out to multiple media outlets, and he needs to be praised for that because he's a champion of I those kind of things. <laughs> uh, for us, uh, my co-captain Josh, we mentioned earlier, Josh Camp and I uh, established this team last year. And Josh Camp is in marketing, so he's familiar with uh, the, the pulse of who keeps Tulsa going, especially for our age bracket, you know, the Gen Xers and the millennials. What are they consuming? What are they doing? How does, how does businesses play into that? How do businesses play into that? So for us, we just started Sandlotting. And uh, Sandlot's been in Tulsa for a while. Uh, and when we branched off to start our own team, uh, we were just garnering people who wanted to play. And I, I've joked about this before, but it's absolutely the truth, is that we have people who never played baseball before we started playing with people who have played college ball, independent ball, and minor league professional ball on the same team. Hmm. So baseball is this great egalitarian way for people to 
enjoy the sport and to just eke out some more youthful years while we still have the capability of doing that. That said, uh, Chase Healy, who owns American Solera, yeah. played on our team last year, oh. and he's a great supporter of that. And so Josh knew Chase, and he knew Chase's brother-in-law, Eric, who works at BOK and does the marketing and does, uh, I believe, uh, um, scheduling or something like that. But he works at BOK, and he's a higher up there. So they both played on our team last year. And as we were just playing, when we before we even uh, established our home field as Lacey Park, we played at Veterans Park. And Veterans Park is the hotbed of athleticism oh, yeah. in Tulsa. Yes, you sir. have uh, well, how many different? Well, that's where we had. That's where we had our hurling tournament last year. So I understand it for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah and I know that uh, Shane Hood uh, with yep. his organization, he's the Buffaloes. The, yep. Yeah, the Buffaloes. Uh, and then uh, uh, there's soccer, and there's there's yep. uh, there's. Uh, there's uh, I think there's even frisbee tossing out there. Wow. It's like, I didn't uh, know. <laughs> but yeah. so we started hosting our practices there too, and uh, people would start coming out. And there was nothing better than seeing the university tower in the background of all your shots that yeah, you're, that's pretty you know, cool. taking pictures of. So Chase had just mentioned, you know, hey man, I've got, I've got this going, and you know, what we could make you all a beer. So the Rumblers actually got their own flavor beer within the first year. We had, it's called Stay Cold because our logo is a, is a switchblade R, mm. which is an homage to S.E. Hinton, who is a, is a proud Tulsan. She wrote The Outsider. She wrote Rumblefish. Right. Uh, of course, the movie was made here, Absolutely. and so was uh, uh, many of the other ones, Tex and Rumblefish mm -hmm. also. So our name is actually a hybrid of all of that. And then with the, the great thing that Danny O'Connor's doing with the Outsider's House Museum, it's, it was this perfect storm for us to, to name our team that. And so people started coming out because they were interested in that and they were interested in being able to just, just play baseball. Absolutely. So Chase was a key component of that and, and we thank him for, for uh, investing a, in us. And it, it really, uh, not, you know, brand development's this big thing, right? We talk about this all the time. And it, we, it was never an agenda. It just happened organically, and we're so proud that it happened. Now, did you have any say in the flavor between you and Josh, or was it just strictly Chase is like, trust me, I got it? <laughs> I think it was more of a trust me, I got it. I think our only thing was that we hoped it would be a lighter beer so it's not heavy on the stomach whenever you're sweating <laughs> seven, eight, or nine Are you guys just bringing, like, a keg out there to the, before the games and everyone just getting a pine out, or how's that work? Yeah. The game's not over till the keg's Yeah, keg exactly. Got to float it. Right. Got yeah. float it. But. Yeah, so what's the beer situation going to be like on Sunday? So, uh, well, so I'll backtrack a, a hair and just kind of talk about Dead Armadillo. And so we've also, for me, um, having played on a team uh, prior to moving out here, uh, that team was sponsored by Guinness and was sponsored by a local bar. So my first, you know, wh why, why change what I believe had worked? So uh, Tony was a huge help uh, he was the first person I reached out to through dead armadillo and just said you know hey this is what I'm looking to start out and he said listen we're not in a position where we can financially sponsor but let's try and figure out how we can help get you there so the first uh, thing we did was we talked about putting you know doing a past the hat and you know trying to help fundraise for the club in that regards um, and then also we had Mary Ellen through the hunt club uh, who was a huge help I mean she just she could see the the fire, the passion that I had, and the willingness to support. I mean, she's been great. You, I mean, you look at what, what the Hunt Club's sponsoring. They're sponsoring everything just because they truthfully appreciate what Tulsa and, like we said earlier, the the feeling of community. Right, and and they're an awesome place to hang out too. They've Absolutely, got they've live got music. Great live music. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and, and if I could interject, uh, uh, 
to that point is, uh, so I'm a native Tulsan, uh, and I know uh, native Tulsans, and I know transplants, and I will say this unequivocally, is that anybody who has made Tulsa their home because they want to be here are proud to be Tulsans, Absolutely. and I think that this community thing is, is really important right. because you have those businesses who happen to be breweries or they happen to be t-shirt shops right. or whatever. Right. They want to invest in that because they believe in this community passion. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of my biggest thing. And uh, Jake mentioned it earlier being some level. I don't think I'm a marketing guru by any ex uh, extent, but I would, uh, I would say I'm unabashedly a very aggressive and pas passionate person. I make no bones about it even if you're not interested in sponsoring the club or you're not interested necessarily getting involved, at least I've made that outreach to you. So that way, when you hear a guy that comes in with a heavy Irish accent, maybe somewhere in the deep recesses of your mind, you think about the Tulsa Gaelic Athletic Club. Exactly. So, you know, there's no, the, the no is still, there's still an option for us there. And in terms of, uh, we have some level of a gentleman's agreement um, in terms of for the, you know, for the event on Sunday, between ourselves and the Rumblers, whoever wins, we're gonna end up there. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. So that, was, that. That was the easiest way to make the most sense of it and also have some level of competition. That's awesome. I, uh, <laughs> uh, no, which uh, American Slayer uh, location? I mean, there's multiple. So, I mean, do you guys have a, a Now that there's or? the big fancy one, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. A, it's that's hard a, to pass that up, right? Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. I will say, though, because uh, uh, Sobo was so close to veterans, uh, that was our haunt for a long that's time. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Uh, but, man, the new, the new and improved is, is uh, hard to turn down. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with the barbecue joint right there. Oh, yeah, door. and that's to die for barbecue. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That whole area right there is just turned into something so great. I mean, I... Uh, you go there and you just got so many options, you know, obviously cabin boys, marshals, uh, of course the, the cider, the night, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, distillery, all that right there. I mean, it, it's a beautiful spot and, and just down the uh, street, you got nothing's left brewery as well. I mean, it's uh, really become like, you know, the brewery like row, you know, I mean, oh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is. Um, so I think it comes down to the million dollar question, which is who's going to win the home run derby? Well, I mean, I am obviously very biased, <laughs> very partial. Um, <laughs> no, but Jake and I, we did a dry run uh, a couple weeks back, and we tried to figure out again, like he said before, the, the egalitarian concept of it. So we're moved 15, 20 feet closer, um, but where they're going to be hitting three-point shots, we're going to be hitting one-point shots, but it's not outs. Okay. So we're going to have different point scale systems, um, I think, don't quote me on it, but I'd say probably about 240, two, no, 240. 240 is worth one point, 270 is worth two, 290 and beyond is worth three, and then we have a soccer goal in the middle for five points, just to kind of keep people excited, keep people engaged, and more than anything, even if you're down to your ninth out and you're down four points, hey, if I find a way to catch hold of one, I'm still in the game here. Right. And and now we're going to be using bats, or are we going to be using um, – we're each going to be using our respective bats? Yeah, so we're, uh, we, we kind of have worked through a certain level of it. Um, for the first couple of rounds, we're going to have it with your native sport. Okay. And then the final round, we'll, we'll try and have it where it's five outs. Again, kind of talking with that home run derby concept. Your first five outs can be your native sport. Or your first five outs can be your foreign sport. Ah, uh, how cool! So that way, that way we get it's to really watch. Cool. We, we get to watch the Rumblers really make a goofball of themselves. Right. <laughs> so you're gonna 
you're going to see. That being said, they've got a guy that will absolutely hit to the fence every single time in Derek. You're going to see uh, <laughs> Rumblers, lifetime baseball players, using a hurling bat to try to just make contact. <laughs> it was fun to watch the practice because we did have our, our baseball players coming out there to take some hacks with, uh, uh, the, with the, what's the club called? A hurley. A hurley with the slitter. Uh, And uh, the slitter is is shaped much like a baseball. I think it's just a little bit lighter, which is why we've moved them up about 10 feet from home plate. And so uh, James is giving distances, but I'll just unpack it like this. So a Texas leaguer, if you're familiar with baseball, a Texas leaguer is one point. Just beyond what would be a Texas leaguer is two points. And beyond what that would be within equal distance of what a Texas leaguer would be, would be the three points. And then we've set it up to where uh, we're incorporating more about hurling. And especially with uh, FC Tulsa coming, there will be a soccer goal in the actual exact uh, middle of a center field at that three-point differential to where you can if you can hit it into that it's a five-point differential and then we've joked people will say well what if they actually do hit it out because no one at this point has never (laughs) hit it of Lacey Park it's like major league distances yeah and we joke that if they hit that out well then that's a 10 point Right. Oh. So if that does happen, I think we are prepared for. <laughs> Someone that. drops a bomb, then you yeah. have ten points. We don't right. know how far the FC Tulsa guys are going to kick it, though. Well, so. depending on who you. T- so I've tried to do my own level of scoping out, and so I, when I first kind of floated the concept or started talking about the home run derby uh, to one of the direct to Wayne, the director of operations over there, he's kind of you know he jumped on board and he said, "How can we get our guys involved?" which is great because not for nothing, they have 20,000 likes, they sell out 15,000 people into a stadium, mm-hmm. you know, every other day. <laughs> so yeah. it's great to be able to have, and again, t- uh, hearkening back to the t- concept of community, it's great to have that support. Um, so, but I've done a little bit of scoping out and there are there, there, there is a goalkeeper who Jake met the other day that I'm a little nervous about. Uh, he's got a highlight video where he takes goal kicks and they go 75 yards pretty easily on the fly. Oh, wow. So yeah, I told, at first Wayne was talking about how far can we bump him up and I said, no, you're going back to the batter's box now. Like, I, I know, I, I saw. I, I, there's video evidence of how far they can go. Yeah. We're gonna put him on the other side of the backstop. <laughs> yeah, see, now Absolutely, we're thinking, yeah. if we can, but. Well, I got a couple more questions here. Uh, one, what is the ultimate goal of having this home run derby? I mean, was it was it to just raise awareness for you guys, the cl- everyone's club, and all that? Is it just kind of like trying to like celebrate what you guys have accomplished already? Like, what what in your mind is what are you guys thinking here? I think yes. <laughs> right. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, the Rumblers, uh, you know, we're all just a bunch of dads. I mean, we're a co. We have the capabilities of being a co-ed club. Uh, right now, it just happens to be that there are all men on our club. But, we, you know, we're just dads, and, and we often have our wives out there with our families, and and we want people to enjoy that with us. It's This is not uh, it's not about ego. It's not about uh, our sport is better than someone else's. So when uh, Tulsa GAC reached out to us, we we jumped at the opportunity because we thought, I mean, it comes back to community. We've said this over and over and over, but the, the more important thing is to celebrate something that's really cool that's going on within Tulsa. And if that happens to be people come out to get some barbecue on a food truck because there's a home run derby because it's, it's such a unique thing, then we, we, we want to engage with those people because we know that the, the interest is beyond just the, 
the the few people that that make up a roster on a certain club because you can play that and you can do that all you want and people do that all the time but whenever people actually come out and watch you play who you have never met that's something really special so uh for us i think i I don't want to speak for james but uh i i know for me looking at it from a person who's just a great baseball fan and to see people enjoying something that's really kind of insignificant in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. it's really special yeah i couldn't agree more that's i mean again echoing what jake had said um Truthfully, we're just looking to provide an opportunity for the people that may not have, may have been apprehensive about signing on to the Tulsa GSC or hearing more about their event. This is a very easy way for you to get to understand some of the fundamentals of the sport. Um, But more than anything, it's just here are two clubs, here are two organizations, we're having fun. And Tulsa, regardless if you care about hurling, regardless if you care about baseball, this is a free event to you. Just come out, have fun. You know, we've got, we're, we're gonna have Hornsby as well for, you know, a short period of time. So, it, you know, we're just trying to have, we're just trying to provide an environment for you to enjoy yourself on a Sunday afternoon. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jim, I really do want to appreciate and say thank you for reaching out to thank me you. because you're I really, you I mean, you, you made this one happen. Um, Jake, we appreciate you coming out too. And I'm going to be there on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, It would have to be something very serious to keep me from going. (laughs) We'll probably put you in as MC then. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, I was. Or or how do you feel about a Hurley in your hand? We could use another. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, I was was thinking about bringing my camera because I'm also a photographer and I think it'd be cool to get some some photos out there at that. And. but, yeah, Preston, I think, has something to say here. Well, yeah, I did want to just ask. Uh, I'm playing in an alumni baseball game in a couple weeks. You and sound overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just a softball beer-drinking guy now. I'm, I'm not I'm long from the baseball days. Do, do you guys have any pointers of uh, what I can uh, do to get ready for this? Uh, actually, I wanted to say something. It, it will kind of answer that, that the question in jest. But also, uh, people have asked uh, both James and I about – uh, who has the upper hand, as, as you'd asked before, because th- people would think that if you can hit bombs of the baseball, that that is the upper strategy. However, uh, and James can attest to this because he timed it, is that uh, there is great strategy in hurling. What you would think would be uh, a harder makeup within lofting the ball or getting farther with the ball is actually kind of insignificant because the hurdlers have the advantage of hitting consistently getting one points over and over and over without getting outs because they've 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 uh, found that that particular rhythm Groove. and and yeah. yeah and they can hit over and over at that one particular spot whereas with baseball you are intentionally trying to loft the ball right. but if you get underneath of it and it falls at you know second base infield fly infield fly you know it's an out yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really excited, and I don't mean this in in a just kind of a promotional way. I'm excited to see who will win this because I think that we have kind of an an even hand here outside of the football uh, the, the the soccer guys. The soccer guys, cheapers. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of you guys, tell us real quick where we can uh, find you on social media. I think that's a big part of sharing it with everyone out there, get getting your name out there because I, I hadn't heard of either one of these, and I'm, I'm a little surprised. Uh, but now that I do know, I'd love to share it and get get you guys names out there so sure so we're on 
Oh boy. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Don't ask me how oh, I'm yeah. on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok <laughs> um, is where it's at. It's, it's so on Facebook we're Tulsa Gaelic Athletic Club hyphen G A C because I can understand how that may be difficult to figure out how to spell that correctly. Um, but for our, all the other platforms, it's all Tulsa GAC. Cool. Great. And, and for us, we're, uh, uh, I'm just an old curmudgeon Gen Xer. So uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. MailChimp or? Uh, <laughs> on Facebook, it's Tulsa Rumblers Sandlot Baseball Club. And on Instagram, it's at Tulsa Rumblers. Great. And Preston, thanks for asking that. I was going to do the same. Before we close the show out, I want to ask each of you one question. Um, I'll start with Jim. Okay. What is the story that has to be told about hurling or the athlete? One thing that people need to know about hurling well, and the history. Yeah, so I explained it to you earlier um, a little bit before we, we jumped on the microphones. Um, I've tried explaining the sport of hurling to people, and you can say it's a mixture of field hockey, lacrosse, rugby, baseball. I mean, I can just list 20 sports for you, and there's elements of it in each. Um, there is a Jason Statham scene. In some, I can't, and the, the name, because I've had so much great Dead Armadillo sponsorship ad here, uh, because I've had so much to, uh, the name escapes me at the current moment, but uh, the first five minutes of it, he is walking around just bashing skulls with a hurling in hand. And he stops and he looks and he goes, hurling, it's like hockey meets murder. So that's that. That's gonna be my claim to fame. Is that lock, stock, and sm two smoking barrels? No, it begins with a D. I can't remember oh, okay. the name of it off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I was looking that up there for you. Um, and then Jake, my question for you: Don't hit me if this one angers you. But um, Pete Rose, does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame or not? Oh, I'd like to. Oh that. man, I, I actually teach a, a sports and American culture class, and uh, we cover Shoeless Joe Jackson. Oh, uh, and whether or not students think that he should be uh, in, enshrined into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, I will say that this is a, actually a regurgitation of someone else's argument, and it, um, it almost is, is generic in, in its response is that if Pete Rose is not good enough for the Baseball Hall of Fame, then they need to get his goods out of there. You can't tell the story of someone who you deem a cheater for a mm. lifetime while still telling the story of their significance to the game. Uh, I, I think that uh, in the light of the Astro scandal that's going uh, on right don't now. Don't get me started. <laughs> I think that, uh, and I will not opine on that right now. But I, I think that in light of that, you're either going to see the pendulum swing to where he will in, be enshrined yeah. or he will f still forever be uh, uh, excommunicated from the Church of Baseball, and uh, there will be other people who will be soon joining him. So uh, I don't really have an opinion on it because I think baseball history is fun regardless of what hall they're in. So uh, Pete Rose is a great baseball player. There's nobody more tough and uh, just get in your face and tough as boot leather than, than Pete Rose, old Charlie Hustle. So um, I, I'm glad he's still around to be able to promote the game, even if he's not allowed to be in the, those eternal halls. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out. Is there anything either of you guys want to talk about before we wrap up here? Sunday, uh, February 23rd, 1 p.m., Lacey Park, 2134 North Madison Place, Street, Avenue? Place. Place. Yeah. Be there yeah. or be square. 
Yeah, because you're not around. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, we appreciate you coming on the show, Thank and you guys. Uh, it's been great. And Preston and I, we're actually going to wrap up with a little bit of a uh, segment of our own, so we're just going to cut it off here. And if you guys want to keep listening and stick around, we will uh, see you on the other side. All right, guys, we're back. And after a short conversation, we decided that we're just going to make this quick and kind of recap what we talked about today. We did an episode last night. If you guys haven't heard that one, go listen to it. That's where you can go catch up on all the recent sports that we've talked about. Um, And we'll be back on Monday with a new episode. But tonight, man, what an episode, Preston. This has been a good time. Um, Jake and Jim, we appreciate them coming out. And I'm really looking forward to this event on um, on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Who knows? They may even ask me to participate, <laughs> throw my back out right before golf season. <laughs> right. No, it, it was great. Like you said, uh, I didn't know much about hurling. So to hear what, um, Jim had to say was great. And then I had no ideas, um, that, uh, baseball, uh, especially here locally was, uh, going on as big as it is with Sandlot. And I'm super excited to learn more. Um, I, this was just everything I could have hoped for and to do it in the, the brewery the the scenery and everything here is great. And I'm, I'm just glad to be here. So, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, you think basketball and not necessarily football, but all these different sports that you can go to the gym and just play pickup. And it's cool to know that there's in a sense, almost a pickup baseball league now that you can, you can jump on board with and go play with Jake and all his guys. And, uh, they seem very welcoming to a community of whether you've never played baseball or not and you want to get into it. So um, definitely something I'm going to consider because there's days I'm like, man, I miss playing baseball. But yeah, right. How do you just get back into it without playing a whole season of church league uh, softball? Softball, which, exactly. You know, I mean, that's to me, church league softball is one of the most competitive sports you can play as an adult because those guys take it serious. They're trying to relive the glory days, you know. I mean, they're out there thinking they could do what they did, you know, 20 years before. But, uh, no, everything tonight went great. I was super excited. Um, I, I'm, I want to learn more about hurling. Honestly, that's really grabbed my attention. And uh, I, I want to pick their, both Jim and Jake's brains a little bit more about um, what they're doing and everything like that. I feel like uh, we had a pretty good interview with about 45 minutes, but I feel like we only scratched the, the surface of things. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot to each club, and even after a little discussion with Jake afterwards, um, that club has a lot to offer. There's a lot of story behind it, and so uh, maybe moving forward in the future we can have Jake back on and maybe a player or two that are actively involved in the organization um, possibly we could have his buddy over from American Solaire on if he's interested. And yeah. I mean, the door's open and Jake is actually still sitting here. So the door's always open. <laughs> Just you, a little, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, no, exactly. And, um, man, you know, I, I definitely, unfortunately I'm going to be out of town this weekend or a hundred percent. I'd be there at the, at the event this Sunday. So, uh, someone needs to go in my place. Uh, but, um, Definitely want to come out and check out some games for sure. I'm 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 fully on board for that and both uh, hurling and baseball. I mean, baseball obviously everyone knows is my true love and what I enjoy the most. So I, I'd like to see what uh, what Tulsa has to offer. Yeah, great. Well, hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, we'll go ahead and save the sports talk for Monday. And if you're only here for the sports talk, you're missing out because you're going to be missing out on great things like the Gaelic Club and the Tulsa Rumblers. 
Um, if you don't have plans on Sunday, go out, man. Go check it out. Just go out. If you don't like it, leave. But at least go give it a shot. You got kids. Come let them have pictures with Hornsby. It's going to be a fun event. Um, I'll be there. So if you don't, if you're worried about not knowing somebody, you'll at least know me. Preston is. Uh, where are you going? I'm going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. So Preston, Preston's going to be gone. Yeah. Um, but. You know, we appreciate you guys listening here. Come back Monday. We'll be talking some sports. But if you'd like to, in the meantime, run over to Facebook and like us at Hopped On Sports. You can do the same on Instagram. Or, like, what did I say last time? If you're, uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're not, if you're too old for basically Facebook, uh, and you <laughs> shoot an email over. Uh, yeah, we we welcome emails as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it is. If you're too drunk and you can't figure Facebook out, you can send us an email. Um, hopped on sports at gmail.com. So, guys, it's been, you know what the heck? We didn't cheers. Golly. Well, All right. You know, Steve would be mad if we didn't cheers. Simpson, we uh, hope you're still around here. So, still... it's been a great right. night. Absolutely. And cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs>